When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Agony Uncles, here to solve all your problems and worries. We promise you, I'm Uncle Dave. And I'm Uncle Si, and you're very welcome to our podcast, in which we, the Hairy Biters, try to help you as you navigate life's highway. Oh, done so nicely, Simon. Oh, thank you. Now, remember, if you want to get in touch with us, it's really easy. Just email your problems to agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. Yes, you do that and we will help you. Or make things much worse. One of the two. But moving on, now helping us with your traumas this week, as always, is the voice of your problems. The one, the only, the silky smooth, the foxy of foxiness, Mr. Mark, the Duke Jeeves. <laughs> well, thank you. That's a that's a, a big intro there. I'll go with Foxy anytime. Um, yes, well, lovely to see you, and uh, and thank you to everyone who's got in touch. We had a big uh, big post back. It's quite a uh, quite a foodie set of problems today. It's just kind of fallen that way, but uh, we've got some interesting stuff for you to get your teeth into, quite literally, as we go through the podcast today. Mm, and to help us fix these issues, it's the posh voice of reason with her pearls of wisdom. Yeah, her actual pearls are from Cartier. It's Posh Tash. Welcome. Morning, morning. How are we all? I never seem to get the, the foxy or the I solve everything. <laughs> I seem to get worse every week. I don't have my little intros. I don't have pearls, I'm afraid. I do have my grandmother's pearls somewhere. I'll wear them next week. You did have a load of emails about spurtles, though, didn't uh, yes, you? Yes, you do. Yes. I did. I did. It would seem that um, a very sweet lady actually emailed me, and uh, very sweet, and she t- showed me a picture of a spurtle, which was nothing like I'd imagined. And, and Dave was right, a stick with a bit flat bit at the end. I get it. But it is essentially a stick. It, you know, you could almost stir your porridge with anything, I feel. But it was a beautiful 100-year-old spurtle. I got a photo of it, and it was it was lovely. I'm, I'm fully educated. Can you imagine the breakfast that that's done? Yeah. yeah, I know. And you are pushing it off as a stick. Well, it was a beautiful stick. I was very grateful for the education, and I did respond. Um, but essentially, it, it is a stick. No, no, no. But back in the day, you know, you used to get decorative spurtles. You know, wood turners would apply their craft and some of them can be quite elaborate. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I'm a boring you now, Tash. I'm a boring you, my spurtle knowledge. <laughs> potentially, <laughs> potentially. But I'm, I'm on it. Well, I'm on listen, it. I'm, you I'm... know, it's a, it's a step up from you thinking it was something that you bought from Anne Summers and our dear was trying to educate you into the world of spurtles and their history. And you're just passing it off as a stick. I do maintain... It's true. And to to reassure all listeners, though, I was so taken by the word and the fact I didn't know what it was. I did sit down at the dinner table with my entire family and educated them, too. And so I feel like, you know, the word is spreading down south now. Well, we're so pleased about that, aren't we, mate? That's grand, (laughs) aren't we? Aye, aye, aye. Aye, it's God missionary work. (laughs) So anyway, I'll, I'll give. I want. To, I want to love a word of the week. You can teach me a word of the week, and a, a cooking implement of the week, maybe. Oh God! Right, Uncle Dave. On that note, get your jingler, fingerless jingling. <laughs> I think. 
Bing bong, bing bong, bong, bing, bing bong. <laughs> Elaborate finger today, we like that. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Cause I heard your advice is the best. In today's Pyrex pot of problems, Uncle Sai, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, you're going to be sifting through solutions to these issues and woes. We have Lordy, more liver. We have a curry worry. We have discord in the band. And we have the best friend bust up. But first of all, it's Lordy More Liver. This comes to us from Tony Lee. Hello, Tony, who's written in. It says, hi, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. Every Saturday morning, I sit down and I listen to your brilliant podcast. Uh, he says, I find Uncle Dave an inspiration, by the way, Dave. Uh, good luck with everything. I have long-term health issues and I find it a struggle myself. He said, you're inspiring me to keep laughing. Thank you. Now to my trouble. I love lamb's liver, but my wife, Lynn, hates it. Have you got a simple recipe to make liver and onions that she might enjoy? Thank you. Tony Lee, over to you. Yeah, we do. Well, there's an we've got several, actually. There's an Escoffia recipe that we've used on numerous occasions with masala sauce and, and onions and uh, masala sauce raisins, which is really good. That That's a nice recipe, but it depends whether she doesn't like the flavour or the taste. This is the thing. Uh, uh, or the texture. It's a bit of a funny one, liver. But if she doesn't mind yeah. any of that, we've got loads, haven't we, mate? Yeah, I think so. I think the secret is as well is not to make it an autopsy. Yeah. You know, it's like liver and kidneys. You don't want to be eating kind of tubes, organs <laughs> and cartilage. Yeah. It needs to be prepped properly. But when we we did the, the Scoffier recipe, um, we did it with calf's liver. Yes. Which is like the, the, the caviar of the liver world, and that's really lovely. But sometimes calf's liver is so nice. It was just dusted with seasoned flour and just fried off. But again, with, with onions and bacon, yes. you know, bacon fat. Um, I remember we did Mum's No Best Kingy, you know, one of our mum's things. We re redid lamb's liver, uh, bacon, liver bacon in rich onion gravy. Uh, do you remember we handed it around the tent? And people absolutely Love loved this. it. People yeah. have forgotten how good it was when it's prepared properly. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid as well, I didn't used to eat liver, but we always used to have pig's liver or ox liver because it was cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. Now, going down the football league of liver, it's, you know, like <laughs> ox liver. Nah, nah, forget it, really. It, do you know what? It was for me at school. I've, I haven't eaten it since I was about nine years old because I think school massacred it. I don't know what liver that was, oh. but it was just a very, very tough grey lump of something with a mashed potato on a plate that, with a tin tomato. And I, oh. I, to me, that's my stomach turning stuff. But I'd love to, you know, I'd love to taste a great liver now. Oh, Why is it that posh schools torture the children with awful food? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I went to a northern northern school, and my school dinners were quite acceptable. But it's like, I remember knowing somebody who, who went to a posh girls' school, and they had this whole liking for echo margarine, you know, the ones you use for baking. <laughs> because, but that was what she had on her bread and toast every morning. <laughs> no, it's, it's, do you give your kids purgatory just to kind of improve them, really? <laughs> Yeah, the food in my first school, I can remember also sitting down with a rice pudding that was got just, I don't, I don't, I think I said before, I don't do dairy very well. I never have. Um, and they, this rice pudding sat in a bowl and they made me sit there. I sat down at half past 11 for lunch and I wasn't allowed to leave the table until three o'clock when I was picked up from school. It must have been about six or seven. And they shot me in this dark, dark wooden dining room. And I sat there until I'd finished that bowl.
all. I wasn't allowed. And this, this rice pudding had gone cold and skin. And honestly, honestly, that's a, ch a childhood nightmare for me. But I reckon that was teaching me a lesson in some, in some way. No, they were just trying to break your spirit. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's they break my love and rice pudding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, the, the simple recipe, uh, our liver bacon with onion gravy, it'll be on the mm. the website, BBC website or the Harry Bikers website, free. Yeah, please go and have a look at, and it just works. Simply works. It's but, it's a um, great recipe, and I think yeah, it'll be on ours. It'll be on our website. Yeah. yeah. Is it easy to cook? Uh, it it is. If you, it's just all about timing, you just don't want to. Right. You don't want to make it. You don't want to overcook it, but you don't want to undercook it either. Because as Dave says, if you undercook it, it's a bit of an autopsy and there's a bit of blood right. to it. But it's just literally, you just and it's literally timing. And there's so many references about timing uh, okay. for cooking. It's 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 really simple, simple, simple to deal with. Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't worry if it's a little bit under either. Yeah. you know, yeah. um, certainly calves liver. You know, well. it, it's. It's just so, really, um, but, mm. but it really is quite a delicacy. If if you eat meat, of course, but obviously if you're a vegetarian, then there is there is no real kind of vegan substitute for liver. Is <laughs> Let's get realistically about it. No. <laughs> no. I haven't done corn liver yet. No. no just no, give, give, so. give them time. I don't think it's sell. Can you imagine, though? <laughs> it's like all these oh, – the, it's like this mad thing. What I can't get my head around is if you're, if you're vegan, why you want to eat something that like isn't isn't meat but looks like it? I, 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 and, I mean, I'm sure that they miss it and there's that transition period, but, you know, they, they, it's so processed and bad for you. I just think – yeah. I don't know. Well, I think it's, it's, I think it, it's like the umami, the, the, the flavour profile of meat – is is really nice mm. that that's the thing so if you can get that you know I, I think if a lot of people it's some morality and ecological grounds where they turn to vegetarianism and veganism but you know there's nothing to stop them still liking smoky bacon is there? no no no, 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 no that's true yeah. that's fair do you yeah, know what i mean it's, it's, yeah, it, it's yeah uh, that's me being unkind quite, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, you gotta quite respect that really yeah but, um, fair enough yeah. I find a lot of things. My daughter's thinking of going across to being a vegetarian more, just because she doesn't particularly like the taste of meat as much. But um, I find that all the things I'm buying her that are plant-based, that are looking like a burger or a sausage, they just throw a lot of smoky. It's always a, a smoky taste to everything, which I just yeah. clearly is something they're trying to use as the mask for the meat taste. But every burger or anything she has, it's, a, it's really like a barbecue smoky smell. And to, and to be fair, some of them, I mean, I know I've just said what I've said, but to be fair, some of them, because I've eaten them, are pretty damn good. Uh, you know, there is, yeah. they're really, they are. really beyond, are. I mean, beyond meat, I think are delicious, funny enough. Yeah, yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Well, we did that thing in America, didn't we, Kingy? We, we, we were at this place that was doing, oh, yeah, oh, where yeah. was it? It was, oh. Oh, it was somewhere in California. And it was when is it the, the, the Beyond Burgers or, or was it the, the Impossible, Impossible Burger? Impossible Burger, yeah, they they just come out. I don't, and um. And I was in the kitchen because I, I and we cracked on that I like I really like the burger with all the trimmings. And so they gave me a meat meat burger, and he said, "Oh no, King just likes his very plain and simple." <laughs> and they gave you the Impossible Burger, oh. and we came. I came out the kitchen with the burgers and said, "You know, so what do you think, King? You were tucking into oh, it's delicious, it's fine." Yeah. And then we, we explained that it was actually plant based. Wow, but it was so funny because. You know, expectation, but this thing, I think it was with beetroot, it, it, it was was pretty amazing. You just couldn't tell, uh, you yeah. know, you, you just couldn't. It, but I mean, the first giveaway really, you kind of get your head around the textural thing, don't you? But this was like, yeah. 
it was it was like it was eating ground beef. <laughs> Actually, Kingy, I think that I think the amount of processed food that we'd eaten on that trip on Route sixty six, <laughs> by the time we got to California, it's kind of the textual thing was quite gone anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, to be fair, that's true. What is uh, this? Oh, okay, oh, <laughs> is it? Oh, really? <laughs> it's it's great. It was remarkable because the, the 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 stuff that we found there. I mean, look, look, there was some great food, but you had to really look for it. And and Dave and I were just I remember can I remember that conversation we had in the car park in the morning going, what is it about the Americans that actually what they do is they'll take a carrot and process it and make it look like what it was in the original thing, which was a carrot in the first place. Why don't they just leave it as a carrot? Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> then there was loads of instances like this that we were like, this is this is starting, it's like this mad culinary acid trip. Of like, this is a carrot. No, it isn't. Oh, yes, it's it, what, just leave it as a carrot. You know. Yeah, but then you see when you reprocess that carrot back into a carrot, you can add more sugar. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. true. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, of course. And it tastes better and it gets more addictive, and you buy another one. Yes. Yes. So the moral of this tale is: is don't eat processed carrots and get yourself a nice bit of lamb's liver. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to find out details, then uh, on the website uh, we shall get Uncle Barry. Uh, our our fifth member, the fifth Beetle, to uh, put the stuff up on the uh, on the Harry Bikers website, so you can go and find it there. Or if you have the Mums Know Best book in there too. Food makes everything better. Your next problem concerns a curry worry, and this comes from Melissa. It says, "Dear Uncles, Cy Dave, and Auntie Tash." Oh, I've heard you called Auntie Tash before. It makes me sound a bit old. Tell I prefer posh. Auntie Tash. <laughs> I'm like Dave as I love curry. I think Cy loves curry too, actually, Melissa. It says, but with two young children and the prices going through the roof, we're going to have to replace our Friday night curry, where we used to go out for a takeaway, with something homemade. Now, I don't mind that, as I think it'll be a fun thing for us all to do, cook the curry together and all that stuff. Your recipe for chicken tikka masala looks great but I'm confused by this line in it. <clears throat> Quoting, The chicken can be marinated ahead of time and the sauce can be made and stored, as it's only after the chicken has been grilled that it is added to the sauce. Melissa says, Does this mean I can make the sauce and freeze it, then defrost it another time after grilling some chicken? And if so, how do I defrost it? Microwave or in a pan? I'm confused. Hope you can help. Melissa, over to you. I think you're overcomplicating matters, Melissa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the sauce—you freeze it, but obviously just leave it out for an hour or two, and it'll defrost. Yeah. See me, I just leave it on the ar things on the arga to defrost gently. You know, <laughs> it works fine. Um, well, it, yeah. It, yeah, you can do it either way, Melissa, as Dave suggests, or if you've forgotten to take it out, you can stick it in a microwave. I mean, don't talk to me about microwaves because I haven't got one. But um, I just put it in a pan with a lid on and just put it under a low heat, and guess what? Heat, ice, it melts. Jobs are good, and there's your sauce. And it's a chicken tikka masala, so you, you make your chicken tikka first. Yeah. And then you can, you know, the, the, the sauce is added. It's a cracking recipe, by the way. It's got a lot of bits and pieces in it, but it's worth it. That's why it's worth batch making the sauce. Yeah. I mean, I did our green curry the other week, and I made the green curry paste, but I kind of batched on that, and I, I just put it in a Tupperware container with a little bit of oil on top in the fridge mm. so that when I want my green curry, I mean, it's so quick once you've made the paste, and with homemade paste, so much more fragrant. But actually, curry, I think, is it's a great thing when, when the purse strings are a bit tight mm -hmm. as well, because you can use the cheaper cuts of meat, braise them down. Things like neck of lamb is the most wonderful 
uh, lamb, you know, for a curry, for a pasanda or the sargosh, the spinach and lamb. And obviously, like Kingy's favourite is the dal, the mm. humble lentil. Mm. It's tra- just transformed into something spectacular. And and also, if you're lucky enough, as 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 Dave and I are, but if you're lucky enough to live near an Asian supermarket, mm. then go and buy your spices there because literally, I'm not exaggerating, you'll pay a third of what you would ordinarily pay in the supermarket and you get more for, your, for, for that third. It's really, really the way to do it. They do say, don't they, that the Indian cooking, I asked once for an easy Indian cookbook before I met the bikers, just so everyone knows that, um, an easy Indian cookbook. But there is no such thing as an easy Indian, I don't think, because it, essentially what, you've got to have your set spice cupboard ready. And then once you've got your set spice cupboard, everything becomes easy. But it, it, I, so I went and invested in, I also went to an Asian supermarket, and I just had my little round twirly thing of set Indian spices. And once you've got that, it's great. But if you ever want to just pick up a curry, it's quite hard just to cook a quick curry if you haven't got those spices. Yes. Well, you can always use ready-made mm. spice mixes. Of course, yeah. You know, there's that punch paran, isn't it, that you use, which is yeah. it, it's an authentic it's, or a masala mix, which you can get from the Indian grocers, and the, the work's done for you, really. Okay. Um, but when we did Mums Know Best, I remember the, the, the Indian mums, um, they used to have, like, the old-fashioned biscuit tins, yeah. you know, like the ones you get your Christmas biscuits in. Yeah. And about 10 or 12 jam jars, or little jars full of the spices with the exactly. label on the top. And so... They thought about it's like 12 salt and peppers. Um, yeah. So this bit of that, bit of that. Oh, once you've got your tin, so is it, I, I've got my spice tin, but actually the exactly. the Indian the, the Indian ladies ones in the old biscuit tin, they, they work much better because you'd hold more spice. You just said you put oil, you made the paste and you put oil on it to put back into the fridge. What does the oil do over the paste? It just stops it drying out. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and you know, that the oil, oil kind of enriches the paste anyway. So, you okay. know, I, I, you could freeze, if it was a long time, I'd freeze it. But actually, I'm just thinking that the, the green curry paste I've got in there now, it's probably been in the fridge a bit long, and I'm going to have to chuck it. Okay. Um, but, you know, like all those pastes are worth worth kind of batch making. Um, and you could, you could freeze a paste. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and, and okay. also the oil stops um, the oil stops the air getting to it, getting mm. to the top of the, oh, so okay. it, it forms a seal, um, which maybe will elongate the paste for three or four days longer than it would ordinarily. Oh, it's like nice if you're making pesto, yeah, you know, fresh pesto just floats some olive oil on the top, and it'll yeah. last for quite a while. Or indeed, I'm sure as we've all got these jars of pesto monsters at the back of the cupboard. <laughs> they still seem to be all right, even though they expired three or four years ago. Uh, <laughs> that goes back to our conversation we had one of the podcasts didn't we, about jam, whether you go past the mould at the top to get to it. I often do that with the pesto. I go slightly past the mould at the top to get to a bit more pesto at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. It's hard to work out what's mould and what's pesto, isn't it? Really? <laughs> There's a kind of a slight, a slight colour problem there. But uh, but no, I think you, you you know a bit of preparation. But it was, but Indian food can it can take quite a lot. But also as well is when you do the do the food, it's batch cooked curry. That's what we always do. I always cook three or four times and freeze it, and and then it's really quick and economical as well. Um, saves on your fuel costs. Yeah, then you have the curry anytime you want. Uh, Abba wrote a song, you know, about our chicken tikka masala. Yeah, really tell. Yeah, chicken tikka, maybe. Uh, no. <laughs> it's so famous. Abba yeah. wrote a song about it. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. There is a slight musical link to our next problem, which is called Discord in the Band. Uh, this comes from Al, and uh, he, he writes this. this is, it's got a slight foodie edge, as you'll hear. Discord in the Band. Dear uncles... And Tash, like Uncle Cy, I'm a musician, I'm a bass player in a band. We play covers of 70s and 80s rock hits. We're only amateur, but we do love playing. We do the local pubs and friends' parties and the like. But the real reason that we do this is that we all go to the village hall on a Thursday and have a good few hours playing music together. I love it. Uh, there's five of us, and each week we take it in turns to cook something up and bring it along for the half-time beer and food. I'm the curry guy. Interesting, we just talked about curry. Uh, the guitarist lives up to his nickname of Nosh by doing big beef stews. You get the picture? However, the drummer, who is known to us as Ugg, on account of his caveman-like instinct to beat his drums as though he were clubbing a mammoth to death, is hopeless when it comes to the food. At best, we'll have some ginsters that he picked up from the garage. But in the past, he's turned up with five packs of mini cheddars, and that's it. We've tried to be nice about it, but since mini cheddar gate, we've had enough. And so this week he'll be on orders to deliver a better dinner next time. To help him, we'd like to send him on his way with one of your recipes. So have you anything simple that even a Neanderthal drummer could make that would feed five hungry lads? Much appreciated, Al. Well, that's bloody rich coming from a bass player. You know, I mean... <laughs> Neanderthal drummer, yeah, fair enough. Uh, he sounds like a lad that like hits his drums like he's building a shed. It's it's yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, over the day for the recipe, I think. <laughs> Got to step out. Uh, I'd 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 let Ugg off it really. Well, why why doesn't Ugg just spend some money and bring a carry out? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think so. yeah, exactly. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what could Ugg do? See, if, if some people don't have any facility whatsoever, it's kind of not worth bothering, is it? If you haven't got any love for it, <laughs> no. exactly. Um, Knowledge. I mean, he's going to get it wrong, and he might. They might. End up, you know, they might get getting some really disgusting food because he's tried his hardest. Then they're going to have to eat it. I would buy the takeout and put it in a casserole dish and walk in and pretend you did it. Yeah, but maybe Ugg skint. Uh, true. True. What, that's what, what do you what, what do you call, what do you call a drummer that's just finished with his girlfriend? Go on. Homeless. <laughs> hey, do you know he could he could try our sausage casseroles, of which there are numerous recipe, numerous recipes on the internet free. They're pretty straightforward. If you've got a couple of packets of bangers and um, you, you put the ingredients into a pot, I'm sure he could do that if you followed the instructions. You see, the th yeah, maybe you should just bring pot noodles in a kettle. I, I, you know, because if he's if if literally all he's done is. <laughs> Ah, oh, you mean cheddars. Cheddars. <laughs> Yeah, no, you I, can't. I hate, to be, I hate to be too obvious about it, but there's nothing a Norse stock cube couldn't help, surely, with a bit of flavour. That's true. Stir that in with a boiling water. Yes. And then with a, bit, a couple of bangers, you know, they've some vegetables. Surely you've got something in there. No, that looks like the bottom it. of a toilet, uh, Tash, if you're just going <laughs> to put a bottom yeah, no, in, in a sausage. No, you're I'm with you there, Kingy. A bit of alchemy. A bit of alchemy need, is needed. <laughs> um, so you've got curries and you've, you've got the beef stews. Um yeah, just just kind of. Uh, he needs to, 
stick his hands up, really. If he's got some money, I think bring a carry out in. Or even just go to a pie shop and bring some really nice pies. Make an effort, yeah. dude, is what the lads are asking for. Just, like, make an effort, dude. You know. Well, why can't the boys just understand that it's just not his thing? He's part of it, and they, they want him for the company, and he's great for the band. So on those nights, they just don't get the culinary experience they're expecting. But Ugg can go to the local garage and get a different packet of crisps every week, and that's what they all know they're getting. They'll have to eat before they, they play or eat after they play. But Ugg's there as their friend. I don't give any of my band members time to eat. They're literally, we're into the rehearsal room, that's it. And we don't stop till we get through the set. I think that's a very liberal attitude towards your musicians, I think. <laughs> yeah, but your your friend, Mrs. B, she, she sometimes sends you off with a pack-up for the band, doesn't she? She does, yeah. Do, yeah. And she's, an, um, yeah. she's an amazing cook. Yeah, she is. She's a good your, your mate. Yeah, yeah so, so she bakes stuff and sends you off. I don't know how much of it will reach the band. <laughs> The time, for the time you've got there. Shut up, dude. Some of them listen. Shut up. Oh, the understandable, though. I've had a cheese scones. Oh, 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 oh. oh yes. Yes. Oh, they are good. Yeah. They are, and she won't yeah. tell us, you know, what's it? Because there's something that Mrs. B puts in a cheese scones and she'll go, well, that's for me to know and you to find out. And I'm going, oh, I, is it, I don't know, but it, that she, on the day of that proper cheesy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's something. Bastard. No, no, she, like, she tells no, us about no. that, but there's an ingredient that it's in there that she'll not tell us. It's really irritating. Oh, crushed up mini cheddars. It's probably ground up, ground up mini cheddars. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> you know, might be. Yeah, but you could always just bring a cold buffet. Whatever he's doing, he's going to have to. If he doesn't get his finger out, he's going to have to spend some money, isn't he? Well, yeah. Why doesn't he just bring the beer? Just like only, you know, yeah. what, like a beer each, just to compliment. Or ask the lads, maybe he's good at drink, Mostly, most drummers are. So if they're good at drinking, then what happens is that he can beer match or wine match whatever the lads are going to cook. Yeah. Instead of asking where the break is in the middle eight or what, you know, it's, you know, Oak might just go, what are you, what are you cooking? Or bring the beer, you know. <laughs> You know, it's a liquid dinner when Ugg's there. Yeah, liquid liquid dinner. Yeah, just I think, I think we need a picture of Ugg, don't we? Because they're all forming these mental images. I, I've got this great image of Ugg. Yeah, I have it is great, isn't it? Yeah, it in his hands. He's got two big bones that he got off the woolly mammoth. Yeah, hairs on his yeah. palms, all that. Yeah. Fingers like savaloids. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't cut his oh, hair in years. Dave, do you know what I had the other day? Uh, I had a, a Dickinson's savaloy dip. Oh, oh man, it was so good. I glued, glued I, you know, I did glow in the dark for about a week and a half, but it was, oh, it was so good, man. Oh, yeah, so some things oh, like that, aren't they? Oh, the, it's just it's, it's, it's funny, food that goes back to childhood. I mean, obviously, Tash didn't eat anything nice in her childhood. No, but, um, <laughs> a friend came down from Barrow the other, the other week with six greens, meat, and potato oh, pies. Gone on. And the other night, Lil, Lil was working. So generally, I do cook for both of us. So she said, don't bother for me. And I, I I sat there and I had two pies, you know, nearly as good as pucker pies. I, oh, it was, it was so, it's the nostalgia of it as well. It is. But I had it with a no gravy pot. It was so, so nice. Because the gravy pots are lovely. And then just had it with, you know, these pies. But it took me right back to my childhood. It hasn't changed. But like your Savaloy dip, you know. Yeah. You must have some food. 
Tash, that takes you back to childhood with just with affection rather than repulsion. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. But you know, it's my mum's cooking. She was a proper, you know, 1970s, 80s home cook. So I, mine was always shepherd's pies and cottage pies and right. all those kind of things. My mum always did an amazing chicken casserole. You know, those are my, my comfort memories. My mum did some ridiculous... Um, a quick and easy. She used to stir fry a, a, a chicken with raisins and tomatoes and paprika. And for some reason, if I need comfort food, that's what I go to. I, it's, it's obviously she made it up, but for some reason, that's my comfort food. Um, for, yeah, for me. That but yeah, school, great. school was never good. No, we. Had, I mean, yeah, the culinary experiences sometimes at school were slightly challenging. But I mean, all in all, I think we did all right, mate, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. I remember once it was it was the first time I'd ever had tuna fish from a tin. Uh, um, was at school, and they used to do it. You used to they used to use like an ice cream scoop for the mashed potato. Yeah. So it'd be two scoops. Yes. The mashed potato, some tuna fish on the side, oh. <laughs> with tomato soup on top, and for some reason it was strangely delicious. Wasn't you're lying. <laughs> Well, it was great, and the school sausages as well were brilliant. Um, yeah. I've never quite got got that flavour of kind of onions, and they must have been so cheap. But there's something very, very nice about them. The other awful one we had was was um we used to sit on long tables, and the teacher would be at one end, and they'd serve it up and pass the bowls down. But we used to have this um huge suet pudding in a roll. And it was never that well cooked. And we used to call it Miss Gilbert's leg because this really horrible teacher had broken her leg once and it looked like the dirty old cast that she had around her leg. <laughs> what's, what's it you call him, Kingy? I don't know. Uh, oh, dead man's arm dead or something. Man's, aye, dead man's arms, aye. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Miss Gilbert's leg came out. That was when you started stuffing it into your apron pockets to make sure no you didn't eat it and take it home with you and squash it in the pocket. Oh, horrible. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, everybody, everybody likes a bit of nostalgia. Yeah. Oh, you need to find out what Ugg's nostalgia food is. Gangsters. Yeah. I shall. Bovril. I shall. And we, we're going to have okay. the Bovril. <laughs> Wessler's Burgers. Remember Wessler's Burgers? Yeah. Oh, Wessler's Burgers, yes. We had, we had Keegan's in the northeastern. Oh, man. And they used to have these... That like the ah, oh, you could smell the, the and there were like, like little pushy trays pushed by fellas that should never been anywhere near. Oh food gosh, yes. With the, I think it was a whole. It was right across the north, I think, Keegan's, and they were and they had this, and they always had. It was supposed to be immaculately white, full like kind of aprons. You know, when you Dave and I get dressed up to go into some food producer somewhere, and they were always grey which was exactly the same colour as the burgers that they were pulling out of what could only be described as this brine and stuck in bread that was just, had never seen a wheat field in its life. It was just, oh, they were great. Do you, do you remember, Kingy, did you used to have those tin burgers in gravy when you were a kid? The company was called Goblin. Oh, yes, yes. Which is an unfortunate name, isn't it, really, for a food producer? Mm. But Goblin, I used to love them. You know, but, you know, you used to have two and there was four in a can. But, you know, it was always rationing yourself for the, the gravy, you know. <laughs> they, they, they were strangely, like, a, I suppose you call them a fricadellon these days. How did you cook you know, them again? I can't remember. You just put them in a saucepan. That was it, yeah. You warmed that them was, up. Uh, that was it. I uh, yeah, had to take the thing and, and, and the gravy was slightly congealed around it. Oh, yeah, I remember them. Yeah. yeah. Me Aunt yes. and my Uncle George used to have them when my Aunt Hill just, when my Aunt Hill was pissed off with my Uncle George. 
and she just <laughs> lays it up in a tin of these things. And the puddings as well. Can you remember the puddings? The goblin puddings? Oh, yeah, goblin and, and time brand. Time brand, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, God. yeah. 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 Baby's heads. Boys got to have beautiful and... You know, culinary tongues after all this. I mean, that sounds an awful start. <laughs> Tinned burgers and tuna and tomato soup. It's it's a wonder you had a career out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, it is actually. Yeah. Well, at least, at least you had your mother. Yeah. I mean, I, I just pulled myself up by the bootstraps, really. <laughs> it's funny when when I talk about my, my childhood food to Lil. My, Lil, my wife grew up during the time of Ceausescu, you know, but they had. They they kept a pig, made their own sausages, and and they grew their own food. So actually, diet wise, yeah. her childhood memories are yeah. a lot more wholesome than mine. <laughs> As a child in the north in the sixties, my God knows, you know, it was pretty bad, really, you know. Um, and I think I think what's interesting about the way that Lil was the the, the way that Lil ate when I think you do is that actually Lil's food knowledge in terms of seasonality and all that sort of stuff is so good. She, she, yeah. it just instinctively knows when stuff is in season and when yeah. it isn't wow. because that's yeah. what, you know, because there was no supermarkets, yeah. everything wasn't available all of the time. And you ate what was growing in the garden. And when the pig was ready, that was it. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Pretty amazing, really. Yeah. yeah. I blame the astronauts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was the space race. It changed everything, didn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We all wanted to be astronauts and eat everything that was. Dried. Dried, yes. I just wonder if any astronaut has ever ever made a bacon sandwich in space. You know, with a frying pan. Has no. there a, Imagine has it's there, spitting. Yeah. Has there ever been a frying pan in space is what I want to know. NASA, <laughs> if you're listening, give us a shout, will you? We need to, we need to speak to Tim Peake. Yes, we do. Yeah, Tim Peake, of course. Yeah. Uh, we've just, uh, uh, on the day this podcast has, uh, has been recorded, NASA have just launched a new moon rocket. Oh, so I, w- I have to find out whether they did put in a Caligas hob and a, pan, a and a frying pan, just and a frying pan, just to make <laughs> things a bit more convenient. What I used to, what I liked about the old trains, um, uh, if you ever looked in the cab of the old trains, they used to have a Caligas hob in there so they could make a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> go along at 120 miles an hour. That's nice. Um, we need to give a bit of advice to um, uh, to Ugg, the uh, Neanderthal drummer, who I've got the image of Robin from Ghosts in my mind. So uh, we need to give him a, a posh tash, bit of advice. What should Ugg do for his food, please? Uh, admit that he's not a great cook, but find an alternative and just explain to the boys that his effort is comes in a different form to a casserole. Um, but he does need to step up to the plate a bit. Uncle Si? Uh, uh, Ugg, make an effort, you lazy git. And um, what I would suggest is that you match beer and wine to what the lads cook. That's the easiest cop out and very good for a drummer because you're in the off licence anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Dave? Ugg, I would find a good bakery, a really nice bakery, and I would do a pie buffet. Won't cost you much. Do you know what I mean? But like, just do a plethora of warm pies. If you presume you've got so, you've got somewhere to heat the food up, whether rehearsing, so just buy some really nice pies and have a pie buffet. And easy to cater for vegetarians as well if there's one in your mist. Um, and it's nice that we sometimes do that, don't we, Kingy? Yeah. Have a pie buffet. Lovely. Well, we've had one in your car, I think. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, <laughs> <had seven> <laughs> yeah. Dude, you set them out on the dashboard. 
let's have a bit of that. Uh, yeah. Go and ask if the bakery's got a knife. Yeah, all right, dude. I'll just yeah. go and hit butter up. Well, if you're down, if you're down, now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email to the agony uncle. It's time to head to Confidential Corner. And this is called the best friends bust up and uh, we need some names here actually we haven't had any names we've been uh, been okay for them but today we need uh, two female and one male name tash you can do the male name uncle si uncle dave a female name each please sharon sharon Gracie. <laughs> sharon tracy and kevin and Kevin. Well, listen, uh, uh, this is a proper 1980s trio. <clears throat> Dear and, uh, Uncle Si. All in an XR3i. All in an XR3i. <laughs> Sharon, Tracy and Kevin. Dear Uncle si, Uncle Dave and Uncle Si and Tashar. Help. I met Kevin online about three months ago and I really like him. Writes Sharon. He's 56, he's divorced, he runs a car repair business and likes disco music. I'm 57, divorced, have a car that always needs repairing and also like disco music, so it's a match made in heaven. Last weekend, he met my best friend, Tracy, for the first time. Now, she's been such a good friend to me, helped me when my marriage ended and I helped her when hers did too. And since then, we've kind of done everything together. So I thought she'd be so happy for me. But after the meal we had together, she and I drove back home and she just said, I'm sorry, sorry, Sharon. I don't like Kevin at all. I was so upset. She said she didn't think he was right for me. A bit rough around the edges and I could do better. The thing is, I can't agree with her. I really do like him, but she's my best friend. I don't know what to do for the best. I thought I'd got my life sorted and now this. Please help, Sharon. Over to you. Ooh. Jealous, I think. Yeah, she could be. I think if you find love at that age, it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You've got to go. Until your first introduction to go outright, sorry, I don't like him. I think you bide your time a little bit. Go, oh, I appreciate she might quite like him. He's not for me. But she's not asking her best friend to go out with him. I, I find it a bit harsh, I feel. And, you know, it may be that the best friend in time might have to say, he's not good for you. I don't think he's right for you. Yeah. You can't say that after one meal. Yeah, no, you can't. And, and I think no. it's very presumptuous to say that you can't. You can't just write somebody off after one meal. It's no. not right. And, 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 and anyway, if, you know, if, if Tracy, lo you know, loves Sharon as, as she says she does and as, as, as time would, 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 say that they do then why would you do that to somebody you just don't you just like you just but yeah as you say you just by your sound, time they're compatible aren't they yeah. i always remember your your mother was the worst though so oh, whenever, whenever i took somebody up up to you know for the weekend in newcastle God. this is obviously between my single days by yeah. god your mother didn't didn't pull any punches well no that's good way because she loved you you know and she was like well well what she go god she was terrible but she was like that with every, you know, but particularly know, with but the people, everybody in the family, she'd just go for it. And you'd go up. She, she, she'd do it in the front of one's potential new partner as well. Yes. Oh, oh. God. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was canny hard, like, harsh. Question yeah. is, though, did you listen? No. There was no, there was no avoiding, no, there was no avoiding Mrs. King. 
<laughs> did you actually act on it? Did it? The thing is, people can say things, and clearly for us, Sharon's taken this to heart because her best friend has said something, and she wants her best friend to like him like she does. Yeah. But sometimes people can give you advice, you just think, oh, be quiet, I don't care what you think, I like him. Which maybe is your mother might have just been shooting her opinion out, but you had to be a bit braver to go, no, well, I actually, was, I really like her. She was generally right, actually. Was she? Fair. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Irritatingly, yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really irritating. <laughs> and so it was just because I'd get it, Dave would get it, and then would be like, oh, uh, "Well, right, then. Yeah, fair that's that one. That's that one." Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> should we go to the pub? <laughs> yeah. You know, though, in um, in Tracy's defence, the friend, there is nothing worse potentially then than going out with somebody for a while, seeing them, and you're faking you like your friend's boyfriend. And then they break up and she goes, oh, he was awful from the beginning. And she'll go, well, you're my best friend. Why didn't you tell me? You know, that can always yeah, get thrown back in your yeah, face. Yeah, so. but, but the thing is that that's okay. But yeah, that's okay. But not after the first meeting. You know, yeah, yeah. like the first meeting, man, it's like everybody's nervous. They know how important that relationship is. And I'm sure, I'm sure Kev has been like, oh God, this is, this is, and he might have been a bit nervous and a bit worried about what he's going to say and how he, how he portrays himself and all of that. And then, you know, poor, you know, poor maybe as well is that they're in the 50s. So maybe Sharon and Tracy have been like companions, friends yeah. for mm. years. And pretty inseparable. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, Kevin's on the scene, so maybe she feels threatened by this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because obviously, the dynamic's going to change. Yeah, you know, maybe they've been going on holiday together for years. And, mm. You know, she's going to want to go on holiday with Kevin, and vice, you know, vice versa. Things do change, so Tracy's going to have to kind of, I don't know, get used to it. Really, it is to be friends with them because then the more likely is you'll go on holiday together, or you'll still have those times together, and Sharon will make time for Tracy because everyone likes each other. But the more she doesn't like him, the more that Sharon's going to go off with him because she's going to be forced to make a choice. And putting people in that position is not right, I don't think. And so after the first meeting, I mean, look, if he's abusive and horrible and nasty after three weeks or uh, after three months or four months, then she's got something, you know, fair yeah. to say. But what, after the first dinner, I don't like him yeah. at all. Now nah, that's a bit shit. And then she could always say, I told you so, when it, when it all goes wrong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. yeah. But she's still going to stay there for her friend. Yeah, she's Even got if to... her friend still goes out, she's got to stay there because when it does go wrong, she's going to need her friend. And that's yeah, she needs somebody does. to dance around a handbag with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if your life's in a mess, then the email address is theagonyuncles at thehairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. So, sadly, another podcast comes to the close. But don't despair, dear listener. There will be another along next Friday. After all, there are so many problems out there to be solved. Yes, but if you haven't already done it, make sure you follow or subscribe so you don't miss the new ones when they do come out, because you wouldn't want to do that now, would you? Absolutely not. No. And remember to email us your troubles, be they culinary, affairs of the heart, or needing Cupid. Email to agonyuncles at theherrybikers.co.uk agonyuncles at theherrybikers.co.uk So until next week, it's goodbye from Tash. Bye. Mr Jeeves. Goodbye. And me and my best mate. Hi. Goodbye. Bye. 
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.